1: You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of RedLegNation.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Red Leg Nation Radio podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson, back again uh, with our good buddy, the veteran leader of the RedLegNation.com editors, our Scott Rowland, if you will, Bill Lack, you doing all right today, Bill?
0: Yeah, I'm doing fine. I've kind of I've changed my handle. I'm now the voice of reason.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs>
0: um, we, for, uh, for our listeners, where we maybe have a little bit of a technical difficulty. If you're hearing a, like a delay between Chad and I, uh, it's something that Skype is doing. So kind of bear with us.
1: Yeah, well, well, hopefully maybe I can uh, fix some of that in the editing uh, process as well but uh, anyway glad to have you back bill and um we were just talking a little bit about the all-star game briefly um and it's kind of a fun thing to have uh, four reds going uh, to the all-star game sort of a new thing for a, an entire generation of reds fans uh what do you think about that whole pr- all-star process
0: well i was glad that we could have a you know i don't know how big a piece we had of, of helping joey Votto make the team but it's nice that we you know we were a part of it um I have to admit, as you and I were talking about off the air here, that I didn't watch one pitch last night. I I, I haven't had an interest in the All Star game in years. I'm glad to see the Reds that were deserving were there. I wish I wish Arthur Rhodes would have could have, could have gotten in the ball game. Is one of our posters uh, put up today? You know, Phillips and Roland and, and Votto will probably all get shots again. Even though Roland you can wonder about, but but Arthur Rhodes probably will never get another shot at the All Star game. And it would have been nice if he could have gotten a ball game last night.
1: Yeah, that was actually me that posted that. So uh, I'm glad it made such an impression on you. It's the first thing I've ever written that uh, actually stuck in your brain.
0: That's true. That is very true.
1: Um, I'm the same. uh, Obviously, that's 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 my feeling about it. I I was happy to see those guys. I was happy the whole vote voto thing was a lot of fun, and you know uh, we had some uh, we we helped in some way getting him on there. Um, I hope, and uh, it, was, it was fun to support a guy that should have made it the first time around, and certainly Votto was deserving. It was fun to watch him make it. Brandon Phillips as well had an unbelievable year, um, and he's just been a, a joy to watch this season. Glad to see him make it. Um, but Arthur Rhodes, it, you know, in one way, it it doesn't bother me that he didn't pitch because he needs all the rest he can get, and and he's going to need to play a, a big role for the Reds down the stretch. But on the other hand, like you said. He's probably never going to make the All Star game again. Uh, Rollins made a ton of them. Uh, Votto and Phillips have chances to make it in the future, but would have not been nice to see him at least maybe come in and face one batter or something. Uh, just uh, you know, a forty year old guy making his first All Star game—that doesn't happen very often. So, but even though he didn't pitch, I did watch the games. First time I've watched one in—I'm not sure when uh, myself. It's been so long. Um, but I did watch. It was actually a pretty good game. I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, going back to the Votto thing here for a minute, you know, like you said, he should have been picked straight away, but this may end up turning out to benefit Joey Votto, and this has been mentioned in the press in a number of places. He got a ton of publicity, a ton of love from ESPN and some of the other major media outlets, and if he continues to play the way he is playing now, when they start voting for MVP and those kinds of things at the end of the year, this publicity that he got over this all-star vote sure isn't going to hurt him.
1: It was insane to watch Votto uh, popping up on Sports Center and and you know everyone talking about how excuse me how how he got robbed basically. And I agree with you and you'd actually said that um, uh, early on. You know hey this might be a good a good thing not just for uh, Votto but for the Reds. They're getting some publicity. People are paying attention to what they're doing. And and for the first time, people everywhere know who Joey Votto uh, know you know what he's been doing um so yeah it's absolutely a a good thing i think for him and uh and and as it worked out a lot of publicity for a for a up-and-coming ball club here that's uh, had a surprising season and for a guy joey vada who we've all known for a long time is just a a stud uh you know good to see him getting some of that uh, publicity even though he doesn't ever seek it out himself and um just i'm with you i think that it was a uh I think it was going to end up being a good thing since he ended up actually making the team, uh, you know. Yep. Um,
0: and that's really about all I got
1: on the All-Star game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll add one one last thing. Um, I thought it was interesting that some of the uh, analysis, we've talked at Red Leg Nation uh, all season long, basically, about how the Reds have been really aggressive taking that extra base, and that's been one of their trademarks, and we've written about it several times. Uh, last night, Scott Rowland and a lot of the analysts after the game just talked about this being the, the sort of the turning point in the game, if you can have a turning point in an exhibition game like that. But uh, Scott Rowland was on first, and Matt Holliday of the Stupid Cardinals uh, got a single. And uh, Rowland went first to third, you know, busted his uh, tail getting all the way to third. And everybody was just sort of it, – it opened their eyes a little bit, you know. And, of course, we've been watching all year, so it was no big surprise to us. But they had a, a microphone on – Brandon Phillips that time in the National League dugout he said, uh, that's what we do in Cincinnati. We go first to third, baby. And it was, uh, kind of a fun moment, uh, and, and it, it was fun for me to sort of see the national, uh, press sort of wake up to the fact that this is, that, that is kind of the way Cincinnati's been playing this year. They've been playing hard. Uh, they've been, you know, taking that extra base and, uh, and, and doing those little things. It's kind of, kind of interesting to see that the, the world's getting to, That was, I guess what I'm trying to say is that was a good representation of what the Reds organization in 2010 has been about. So that was another positive comes out of the, uh, the All-Star game. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but, uh, I just thought that was sort of interesting.
0: Nope. Move on. (laughs) What's next?
1: All right. What's next? How about the first half of the season? Uh, Let's, let's wrap that up before we move into the second half. I do want to do a preview of the second half today, but, um, you know, before the season, we did our season preview and, and and it, i guess to sum up what we thought early on was that the reds would be a little better than they were last year have a chance of maybe being above 500 um we thought the pitching would be pretty good we thought the offense would be slightly better than it was last year but didn't see how it would be you know a, a ton better um what do you think where were we wrong and we're sitting here with the reds a game up in first place in the central uh, one of the maybe the best offense in the league over the first half um, where were we wrong, and uh, and uh, w- how would you sum up the first half of this season?
0: I would sum it up as fun, but yeah, we were way off. I mean, you know, none of us, and, and I don't think there was anybody, even on the, you know any of our posters on on the blog that were that anticipated the Reds' offense plan as well as they played. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the the starting eight here and. They've got one, two, three, six guys in the starting lineup with an OPS plus over a hundred. You know, and and they got a, a catcher that splits time with an OPS plus of one fifty. You know, they got a bench guy with a with an OPS plus of one forty seven. Uh, it's unbelievable how well they've hit. Now, you know, is 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 you know, are they going to continue to hit at that level? I hope so. But, you know, they've also got a guy in a two-hole with an OPS plus of 63. They like sure do. You, you, I mean, you sure hope he improves in the second half. Um, you know, we got 79 games out of Scott Rowland in the first half. Uh, we're going to need 79. You know, we're going to need games, that you know, somewhere close to that amount out of him in the second half for this team to compete. This team cannot afford to lose Votto, Phillips, or Rowland for any extended period of time.
1: No, they've been pretty lucky, uh, at least in terms of their, uh, of the hitting with respect to injuries in the first half. You know, uh, Roland's had a little bit of, uh, some back issues and been out here and there. And, uh, you know, there's been a little bit of that, but not a lot. And, and you're right. Having Roland in the lineup full time has been a big key. And that's one of the things we said early, the, early on was that this team could not compete if they had a lot of injuries, because they don't have any depth. This organization still doesn't have enough depth, uh, you know, to, to recover from injuries to some of those big guys. But they've all been uh, unbelievable. Jo- Johnny Gomes has uh, hit way better than anybody could have hoped for. Um, you know, Votto's been Votto. Bruce has been uh, good. Uh, Roland's been better than anybody would have expected. His power's come back. Brandon Phillips been better than what anybody would have expected. Now in the second half, uh, I think that's the big question. Which ones of these guys are going to, you know, continue hitting that well? You would hope Orlando Cabrera, who's been simply a disaster this season, you'd hope he, and you mentioned him a moment ago, you'd hope he'd hit a little better in the second half. You can't really expect Johnny Gomes to hit as well uh, as he's hits. Uh, the rest of those guys, who knows if they're healthy? I don't know. I'd still like to see, uh, I would, I'd, I'd love to see a bat out of that uh, shortstop spot. Um, I don't. And we're not going to get that. We're stuck with Orlando Cabrera the rest of the year. But, uh, you know, I don't see him going out and, and making any additions to help the offense. You just got to kind of hope that these guys are going to sort of hang in there and, and keep doing it, keep doing what they're doing.
0: Well, I, you know, I think you could reasonably expect Bruce Stubbs to play a little better in the second half. I think you could reasonably expect Jay Bruce maybe to play a little better in the second half. Um, I mean, Joey Votto isn't going to play any better in the second half. Brandon Phillips isn't going to play any better in the second half. I don't think it's reasonable to expect Ramon Hernandez or Ryan Hannigan to play any better in the second half. Uh, but, you know, what are you going to get out of Heisey? And the other question is is Chris Dickerson I would assume is going to be ready before too long. And then what happens? You know, toward me, I I think I would activate Chris Dickerson and think about cutting Lance Nix loose. What'll probably happen is they'll keep Chris Dickerson and they'll send Chris Heisey back down. I hope I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure about that. I, I feel like that Heisey has been such a sort of revelation since he's been up here. Every time he's gotten a chance in the lineup, you know, he's hit and he's played good defense. Um, I think they'll keep Heisey. I think that Lance Nix is the guy that's going to be sort of on the, uh, uh, you know, on the, on the, train out of town. Uh, when And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe they'll want to hang on to Nix. You know, they took a chance on losing Vladimir Ballantin so they could keep Knicks in this spring, you know. And I, I like Knicks. He's not being great shakes this year. But uh, I don't have any problem with Lance Nix. I don't mind having him around as your 24th guy or whatever uh, or 23rd guy on the roster. But they're going to have to do something. Uh, and maybe they'll send Dickerson down. I think Dickerson still has options. Uh, so, uh I like Dickerson more than the Knicks just because you know Dickerson's going to get on base. He always has. And, you know, he plays a pretty good defense too, not that Knicks doesn't. So uh, he's a left-handed bat just like Knicks. And maybe not going to hit it for as much power as Knicks would, but uh, I'd prefer, I think, to have Dickerson at this point.
0: I would too. And I think he'll have an extended period of, of rehab in AAA before we ever have to make that kind of decision. So we're probably looking, I would bet, very late August or beginning of September before we probably see
1: Chris. Yeah, delay, delay, delay uh, on that. Um, I agree. That's probably what's going to happen. That's really been the only significant injury on to the uh, on the hitting side of the, the plate that the Reds have had it has been Dickerson. Of course, he's been gone most of the season, but Reds haven't skipped a beat because Heisey came up and uh, did exactly what they hoped for. Um, you know, and and maybe uh, getting Heisey into the lineup more in the second half for. Stubbs and for Gomes, you know, uh, probably not a bad idea. Let him play a little bit more and get those guys more of a more of a break.
0: Yeah, hey, the other injury you forgot about is Hannigan. Um,
1: true, but, true.
0: But but Hernandez did is done a really good job while Hannigan's been hurt. I mean, you can't complain about the job Hernandez did at all. Um, and the other thing is with Heise, I don't have a problem with Heisey spelling Bruce against tough left-handers either. Once in a while.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, and and thanks for pointing out about Hannigan. Absolutely, that's. Uh, although that, again, sort of uh, like with Dickerson, it's not really been as difficult to overcome that uh, Hannigan injury because Hernandez has he's played he's played fine. Um, and and you know, Corky Miller's come up and he's not hit a lot, but uh, the pitchers evidently love throwing to him. His uh, catcher's ERA is better than any of the catchers. Um, and he's got the greatest mustache in the history of uh, the Reds, or at least in the last uh, twenty-five. Uh, uh, well, I guess forever because the Reds didn't have mustaches uh, for the long time. He's got that and beautiful. Last,
0: th- last time the Reds had a, had a, a mustaches like that, the Wright brothers were still playing for
1: him. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, but he's he's done fine, and uh, you know uh, helps helped, uh, the Reds recover from the injury to, to Hannigan. But I'm glad that, his, that Hannigan's going to be back for the second half, and um, he's, he's defensively he's outstanding um it's clearly the best i think between him and hernandez uh hannigan certainly has the edge defensively um hitting wise hannigan's had the edge but you can't complain about what hernandez has given you either so um uh, you know and those guys who knows how much they're going to be able to uh keep that up in the second half but i think all these guys if they stay healthy with possibly the exception of gomes who's probably due to, to drop some uh, you know there's some chance these guys could keep it going uh you know, the Reds don't have to be the top offense in the league, I don't think, to still be a, a competitive team in the Central. So a lot to look forward to on that side of the, of the ledger. Um, the pitching in the first half, been some more injuries. Um, you know, let's, talk, let's just talk about the starting rotation first of all. You know, obviously Homer Bailey's been hurt. Um, here lately, uh, Aaron Harang went on the disabled list. But the Reds have... Uh, I guess the first place to talk about with the pitching staff is the rookies have come in and just done an outstanding job. Three rookie pitchers, uh, two lefties and one righty, have been fantastic. Uh, couldn't couldn't have seen that one coming.
0: No, you really can't. You can't complain about it. Well, and, and actually, two lefties and two righties, if you want to count liqueur. Uh, oh, true,
1: true, true.
0: And, and, and he didn't do a bad job. Uh, he kept them in the ball games. You know, he hasn't been as good as the other three, but I'm not complaining about the job Sam did when he was up here. Um, I mean, we've talked at length about Mike Leake, and he's been amazing. Uh, if, you know, if they catch up to him a little bit here in the second half, I don't think that's going to surprise anybody. The big question I have is how they're going to keep his innings down to a point where where he can continue to help the team late in the season, but yet we don't take a chance of of hurting the kid. Uh, And I don't know what the answer is to that. Uh, Travis Wood, to me, has been amazing in two out of his three starts. And and the only one that he wasn't completely amazing was was a short start where he took the ball on three days rest. Uh, Maloney has done a nice job. Uh, You can't say enough about the job these kids have done coming up from Louisville, which just shows you the kind of depth. That, that, that we have in, in this in this uh organization right now at pitcher
1: yeah it's been uh sort of a revelation to see these young guys uh, i'm glad you mentioned lecure because he's one that i forgot he's not didn't do as well as some of the uh, the others but still he hung in there and had some bad luck and and uh, you know no complaints with sam lecure's job uh, you're right sort of the balancing act the tightrope uh, act that they're going to be uh working with mike leak is going to be interesting and you know, with Dusty Baker right in the mix, it obviously is going to worry everybody. But the Reds are, you know, they've got to watch his innings, and they've said over and over that they want to, and they've been pretty good about watching his pitch counts, and they've skipped him a start or two and so far. But, you know, we're going to get down to August and, and September here, and the Reds are likely to be in the middle of a pennant race. And Mike Leak has been, you know, uh, at worst, the second most effective starting pitcher uh, that, th- that they've had in the first half. Um, I, I, don't know how they're going to do it either. And I don't envy the decision makers in Cincinnati, uh, that have to decide when we're going to skip his starts and, and how we're going to limit his innings because they're going to need him, uh, down the stretch, uh, if, if, they're going to compete. Uh, I, I don't envy them. Possibly the fact that Travis Wood has come up and, um, you know, done so well and they can sort of plug him in as well to help, uh, spell leak. Uh, Wood, obviously that, that perfect game, uh, he was chasing where he took a perfect game into the night. What a game that was, um, you know. And he's been—he's actually been a lot like Leak. And I'll let you uh, say, give your opinion on this, but I've gotten the sense he's a whole lot like Mike Leak in the sense that you watch those guys on the mound and you think they're fifteen-year veterans out there, um, just really been impressive in terms of their makeup and they don't get—they don't get rattled out there.
0: They, they sure don't seem to. I mean, they—they they, they look like they have their composure. Um, You wonder, with the game that they got blown in Philadelphia with Leak the other night, whether he should have, you know, if he was as gassed as he looked, you know, should he have told Baker that he didn't have anything left? You know, maybe, I don't know, but he's 22 years old. You know, he still thinks he's got something to prove. Um, The biggest thing to me about the rotation in the second half is there's going to be a lot of interesting decisions that have to be made. You know, with Wood, with Leak, uh, with Bailey, with Volquez coming back. I mean... I don't know how what they're going to do with all these guys, and, and I don't know how you, you know, how you put a guy in. You know, if you say you skip Leeka's a start and you and you shove uh, Wood in there that one that one that one time around rotation, how do you keep Wood uh, fresh? You know, so that he's he's pitched enough so that he's accurate. You know, and if he's not out there on, on too much rest. Uh, you know people talk about doing matchups and all these other things and I don't know how you do it and, and keep these guys so that they're, they're on some type of schedule for their throwing so that they're effective
1: yeah it's a ton of decisions they're gonna have to make and and again that's why I guess they're paid the the big bucks uh, you and I out here in blogland can sit and watch and criticize but uh, that's that's a situation where I, I don't know that I'd want to be in their shoes because you mentioned a couple things uh, and, and I a couple of pitchers, and I want to get into them a little bit more in a moment. But that's uh, Homer Bailey and, and Edison Volquez. They're going to have some serious decisions to make that, that we hadn't even talked about in terms of decisions because, we, you know, they've gotten such good work out of these rookies coming up. Uh, you know, it, it's been okay. they sort of absorbed those losses. I wouldn't be surprised to, see, you know, these guys spending some time in the bullpen. Maybe I, I, I'm like you. I, I don't know what they're going to do. You know, uh, down the stretch, Bronson Arroyo is going to be there. He's uh, he's had a fine year. He's sort of the, the league average uh, innings eater. He's always been. Um, Johnny Cueto to me has been outstanding. Uh, you know, he's he's eight and two with a three point four two ERA. He's got the best ERA plus on the team. Um, Cueto, especially in the last uh, month and a half or so, really looks like he started to mature a little bit and. Uh, I could not be more pleased with what Cueto's done in the first half. Um, those two guys plus Leak are the, the guarantees for the second half. What do you do if you're in charge of the Reds in the second half? You've got Homer Bailey hopefully coming back soon. Aaron Harang's supposed to be back soon. Um, and you've got uh, Travis Wood who's, you know, in three starts, has an ERA of 2.18, um, an ERA plus of 196. Uh, what do you do? You tell me. Cause I don't know.
0: I don't either, and and I mean, everybody talks about harangue, you know, trading him, whatever. But for his salary and stuff, you're not going to get anything for him. Uh, you know, he's he's in his walk year, uh, and and if he does, if they don't trade him, he's going to be in the rotation. I don't see this this team and the the management and organization of this team. Taking Aaron Harang out of the out of the rotation, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. I know, there are other guys with better numbers, but I'm not convinced that Aaron Harang would be effective out of the bullpen either. Um, we've talked, you know, there's been talk among the fans of Volquez running working out of the bullpen, but there's been no indication from the Reds team that that's going to happen. He, he he worked in in his rehab starts as a starter, and that's the only thing that they've talked about. In fact, I think on the Reds broadcast on Sunday, uh, John Fay and, and Marty were talking and they both said that they wouldn't be surprised to see a Volquez be the starter on Friday night. Um, Bailey, you know, he's, he's 24 years old. You know, maybe, maybe the, I, I don't know if his arm is conducive to throwing out of the bullpen. I, I don't know what they're going to do. It's, it's, It's a good mess, but it's a mess.
1: Yeah, that's a fact. I guess if you put a gun to my head and and had to get me to make the decision here, I think you're right about Harang. I think he's going to be in the – he'll be back here in the next week, and he's going to be in the rotation. So you add him to Leek, Cueto, and Arroyo, there's four of your five. Um, And then you uh, – clearly, we've always, I think, thought that uh, bringing Volquez back slowly and putting him in the bullpen might have been the best option. He's done awfully well starting in, in the minor leagues. Um, and I think that you're right. I think that's what they intend to do is uh, start him. And, and, you know, if if, if he's a, if they're convinced that he's uh, ready to go as a starting pitcher, you know, the guy won 17 games a couple of years ago and made the all-star team, he's going to be in the rotation, uh, period. If they think he's ready to, to take on that workload, um, and maybe the, his performance-enhancing drugs assist him in getting ready to take on the, uh, that workload, but... The fact is, if he's ready, he's going to be in there. There's your five. That leaves a Homer Bailey and, and Travis Wood, uh, I guess, are the two big names, without a spot. Um, I think Travis Wood could, uh, you know, they send him down, I guess. I don't. It's hard to do when uh, uh, when you, when he's pitched so well. But then I heard the story of when Kent Merker, uh, one of our uh, former Reds, when he was a rookie with Atlanta, he threw a no-hitter, or maybe it was his second year, and they actually skipped his next start after his uh, no-hitter. So uh, not unprecedented for Wood to because there's not, enough, there's not enough spots to go around. Homer Bailey, you know, I, you and I have been huge Bailey supporters, uh, and I don't think either of us are anywhere close to wanting to give up on a twenty-four guy that just turned 24. Um, and so I'm not suggesting that. But, you know, it, it can't hurt him to move him to the pen, I wouldn't think. Um, you know, I think about Phil Hughes with the Yankees, and Hughes, of course, and Homer Bailey were sort of the 1A, 1 and 1A of the pitching prospects there at one time when they were in the minors. And use he's, he's sort of been jerked back and forth, but uh, being in the bullpen didn't hurt him. He was on the All-Star team um, this week uh, for the American League. So uh, that might be the, the one logical move, assuming Bailey is back sometime soon. I'm still not convinced that there's not something more seriously wrong with him um, than what's being, been let on. We'll see. Uh, but I, I guess probably if it were up to me, I'd move Bailey to the pen, have him pitch in sort of middle relief uh, or uh, you know in the setup role even with his stuff, letting him air it out for an inning. You know, late. Uh, you know, he could uh, he could do a good job. They're certainly better than Nick Massett's done. Um And Travis Wood gets sort of left out in the out in the cold. I, you know, uh, you're right. I I don't want to make the decision. Uh, and and but I guess having a lot of options like that. It's a good thing, a good thing to have, uh, you know. What were they going to do if they traded for Cliff Lee? The, you know, the Reds were right down, down to the wire, evidently, in the Cliff Lee talks. Who ended up getting traded to the um, Rangers? Clearly, he'd be the number one starter if they plugged him in. Uh, what would they have done then? Uh, and do yeah, you think? You don't what,
0: you, we don't have any idea what they were going to give up for him either. Um,
1: that's true. Back to
0: back to Bailey for a second. And moving him to the bullpen, you know, the Reds have said all, you know, said all along they'd like to have a fireballer out of there. And, and they, in fact, they even moved Chapman into the bullpen in Louisville to get him ready for the hopefully for for pitching in the big league level out of the bullpen. Well, that doesn't seem like it's going to be a a quick process. But Bailey could easily fill that role too. You know that that they wanted Chapman to fill. It's yeah. Just a thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't think there's any. Uh... Any downside really to it, uh, you know, unless you want to talk about his development as a starter. But you know, I mean, uh, that's that's overblown as far as I'm concerned. Um, I don't think there's any downside to it, um, you know. And, and I don't know if the Reds are going to be in on. There's been some talk about Roy Oswalt or uh, uh, who else have there been talk about in terms of the Reds trying to uh, come up with another another pitcher. I'd like to see him have a, a top of the rotation type guy for the uh, for the stretch run and certainly for the playoffs if they made it what about uh, you know getting Volquez back when he's at his best you and i both said uh, he's he's just ter- a terrific joy to watch a pitch you know his pitches are moving and he's just fun to watch that's you know if he comes back at his best and who knows whether he will or not he's been pretty good in the minors but hey, that's kind of like plugging a, a number 1 or 2 guy in there that just you know making a trade for somebody without having to give up anything uh, that's something that some of these other teams don't have if if the best uh, happens there. And if that works out well, that's kind of like, you know, trading for a, maybe not a Cliff Lee, but somebody close to that caliber.
0: Yeah. Back to Bailey for a minute. The only, the only negative that I could see out, out of this thing is, is a, a, a re, a re, uh, reemergence of, of Homer's questionable attitude. If he felt like he was getting pushed into a, into a, into a, uh, role that he wasn't happy with. And I hope that wouldn't be the case, but it, that, I, if I was the GM of this team, that is something I'd be concerned about with him. Um, as for this team trying to pick up pitching for the stretch run, I, you know, to me this year, and, and everybody says, oh, you can't bank on next year, yada, yada, yada. This team should be better next year than it is this year. Um, and, and if they're going to make a move to try to pick somebody up in, in the stretch run this year, and this was my concerns with the Lee things. I don't want to we, – we griped and pissed and moaned and complained for years that this franchise didn't have a plan. Now they got a plan. Let's not throw that plan aside because we're a game in front at the All-Star break and, and mortgage these, these, this, the, the depth that this team does have to try to pick up somebody that might win a game in the playoffs if we made the playoffs. Let's stick with our plan. And let's not go crazy because it seems like it's coming to fruition a year early.
1: Well, I agree with that. But a lot of that depends on – I guess I agree with that to a point. A lot of it depends on what the Reds would have had to give up, You know, for example, for in the Cliff Lee deal. Um, you know, I don't have a, any problem at all trading a Yonder Alonzo, who evidently still has some trade value out there. Um, and, and evidently, I'm not sure why, but Juan Francisco has got a bit of trade value out there. I don't mind trading those guys. Um, I don't think that uh hurts the Reds over the next 2 or 3 years if they can get something out of him. And you know, even if they uh, had uh gotten Lee and he left at the end of this year, they'd have gotten a draft pick or two out of it, uh, you know, a good draft pick. So I you know, I I'm actually it depends on what you give up. I don't want to mortgage the entire future, I guess, for a hopefully a, a stretch run here, but on the other hand, this team is kind of close uh to where they could be competitive, you know, when you're this close, you know maybe you need to go for it. Maybe this is the time to go for it rather than waiting. Um, it's hard to we're sort of talking in, in speculation uh, uh, in terms of what they would have had to give up and etc. But I wouldn't necessarily discount the ability to go out and get a guy like Cliff Lee, uh, even if he was going to leave at the end of the year, just because they had to give up a little bit. Um, I would give up a little bit for something like that because hey, uh, you know a guy like that might be the difference in uh, the Reds. Having success in a, in a short series in the playoffs, so uh, it's all speculative. But I don't mind the Reds going for it this year. Frankly, I think that the the division is, is pretty weak. That you know maybe one move could put them over the top of the division, and if it's the right move, it could also be one that would give them a, a good uh, chance in a short series. I think a Cliff Lee deal would have been a, a really big in terms of a playoff series.
0: Yeah, and like you said, it all depends on what you'd have to give up. I, I agree with you. The two guys you mentioned, Alonzo and Francisco, I got no problem dealing either one of those guys. Neither one of those guys are going to help this team in the next X number of years, if ever. Um, Alonzo was a wrong pick. Let let's be honest. Uh, they were they were covering their, their their bases in case Votto wasn't the player that they thought he was. He is. Um, Francisco, he's a DH. I mean. In third base, he makes Edwin Encarnacion look like a Gold Glove. I've said it a hundred times on here, but you know, am I willing to give up those two and a, and a, and a Devin Mesoraco or a Travis Wood or somebody like that? No, absolutely not. You know, so it just depends on how much you're willing to give up or how much you'd have to give up as to who I'd be willing to go. You know, go for.
1: Yeah, you and I agree on Francisco. We have the same opinion about him since the beginning. Um, I disagree though that uh, the Alonzo pick was a bad pick uh, you know if they truly believed he was the you know best available out there uh, and he might have been and it, if he still has some trade value you know if they can trade him for a piece that's going to help this team uh, you know I, I think he's uh, he's brought some value to the organization out of that pick uh, you know if he could have been a part of a big deal for Lee or for somebody else that helps this team. You know, uh, they won't get any value out of him on the field, but they will have gotten some value out of that pick. Um, I guess it all depends on how that plays out. I, I agree with you. I don't think that Yonder Alonzo is ever going to be a contributor to a, uh, a Cincinnati Reds team. I, you know, I just don't see how that's going to happen. I, I wouldn't be surprised see the Reds signed Joey Votto to a long-term deal after this season. And, and he's Votto's made no secret of the fact that he loves it. He likes the fact that it's not New York, I think, Uh in terms of the pressure on him. And, and he likes Cincinnati, and, and I wouldn't be surprised they, for them to ink him for the long term. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. And I wouldn't mind trading him as a Rocco, frankly. I love the guy and, and uh, appreciate the fact that he's uh, been very kind with uh, – he's a friend to Red Leg Nation, I guess. Uh, had a, you, you did a really good interview with him before the season. But in the right deal, I, I don't mind dealing him. He's having an unbelievable year this year. Uh, but it is just the first time he's shown any of this, so um, – I don't know. I, I, I'm trying not to overvalue the prospects like I have in the past. Uh, I think people have a tendency to do that. Um, I don't want to, you know, deal them all in a dumb deal for uh, you know Gary Majeski and uh, and Bill Bray again. But uh, you know, I could see dealing some of these guys uh, when you're this close. You know, sometimes you got to sort of go all in and and, uh, and put your chips in the middle and. Uh, I take a little bit of a risk to try to uh, try to do something in the in the postseason. I don't know. It's all speculative, though. I, you know, we're saying the same thing over and over. I guess.
0: Yeah. yeah. The other place that I think we're going to see some interesting things develop is in the bullpen in the second half, because like we've talked about, somebody is going to the bullpen, whether it be Bailey, harangue, I don't think neither one of us think it'll be harangue. Uh, which means somebody in a bullpen is going to have to go. The other guy that's going to be ready, I would assume, even though I haven't heard his name in months, is our buddy Mike Lincoln.
1: <laughs> your where buddy? Does he fit in? That's your buddy, not mine. Uh, I don't know. I don't so, know where. He fits. I mean, you know,
0: i i, I have to be, I have to believe Jordan Smith's going to go back to the minors. The guy that's impressed me since he came back up, I think he's been phenomenal. Is is Andru, Logan Andrusic? He just looks fluid out there. The ball's coming out of his hand real clean. I've been very, very impressed since he came back up. And to me right now, he'd be my setup guy in front of Massa.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Andrusik's been unbelievable since he uh, returned from the minors. I don't know what it was about that brief time in the minors, but he's an entirely different pitcher. Um, yeah, you got to think Jordan Smith would be the one that's being sent back down, although he's, you know, he's been fine. Uh, he's he's worked out much better, I think, than either of you or I would have expected. Um Massett's been awful. Uh, I think that Andrusic and Smith are the guys to go, um, if they need to make room, obviously. Um, I would, honestly, I would not be surprised to see Lincoln uh, designated for assignment at some point. He's just been nothing but terrible since day one. Uh, at some point they got to cut bait. Are they going to want to really uh, spend innings seeing about Mike Lincoln in, a, in, you know, the dog days of August and September? Um, that might be a good candidate. On
0: the line.
1: Right, it, you know, uh, it's one thing to give him some innings in April and, and May, um, but Lincoln has been nothing short of a disaster since day one. His ERA is over eight in his time with the Reds. Uh, you can't waste innings, I don't think, on a guy like that. So when he comes back, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him. And if they ever need uh, room on the forty man here, you know, um, I would not be surprised to see Lincoln. Gone, and, and they will need room on the forty man. I guess I don't know how, how many they've got on it right now, but uh, you know Volquez has been on a sixty day DL, so they're going to have to move him onto the forty man. Uh, you know, are they going to find the space for him? That's a good point. Uh, a good point. Somebody's going to have somebody's going to have to go. Now, what you may see is them move Lincoln to the sixty. That's true, and that'd be fine by me because it gets it puts him out of our misery. Uh, you know, we don't have to worry about him for a while. I don't know. I think the bullpen is going to be sort of key to whether or not this team sticks in it because we've had a couple of, the bullpen has had two fairly high profile meltdowns, uh, historic uh, proportion uh, against the game in Atlanta and the game against uh, Philadelphia giving up, you know, a six run lead in the ninth inning. Um, and Cordero has been bad. Uh, you know, uh, I'm just, you know, Cordero's walked a, uh, Walked 22 guys and given up uh, 41 hits in just 40 innings. Uh, you can't have that out of your closer. Um, just he's he, you, you're scared every time he comes in. Nick Massett, your primary setup man, really uh, certainly at least the right handed portion of that, he's been awful. Arthur Rhodes has been unreal, but how you know we can't expect Arthur Rhodes to have an ERA hovering around one for the rest of the year, especially at his age and uh, you know as much. Uh, as much wear and tear as Dusty's put on his arm, so I don't know. I, I think getting a guy like uh Homer Bailey or someone in that bullpen to sort of stabilize it uh, could be a big key to the second half. Bailey could actually maybe have, and we, we usually discount uh, relievers because they don't throw as many innings, but in the right role, Bailey could maybe have more impact uh, than he would as a, a starter if they could if he could become sort of just a you know steady guy out of the bullpen because they they need that especially out of, out of a right hander.
0: Yeah, that'd be a lot, that'd be a lot to, to ask out of a 24-year-old kid that's never worked out of the bullpen before,
1: though. Yeah, I agree. It, no easy answers here. No easy answers at all. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, something's got to give really soon with respect to that pitching staff. And, and again, I, you know, I, what I keep telling myself is, uh, you know, what a, really never in my lifetime that I can remember hardly have they had this much depth. Out of their pitchers, Um, just I don't. Other than the uh, Jimmy Haynes era, they were great during that time. Oh no, wait a minute, maybe not. Um, No, really. Have you? Do you remember them being ever this this deep?
0: In in the early seventies, they were they were real deep in the pitching staff, and they traded it. You know, and much as you know, there's been a lot of talk about this. uh, Steve Price talks about it a lot. Uh, Bob Howson didn't value a lot of their pitchers and traded it for for. You know nuts and bolts. You know the the Wilcoxes, the Ross Grimsleys, those kind of guys. They were quality major league pitchers, and the Reds got basically nothing for them. Uh, But not since then have have we had anything close to the depth we're talking about now.
1: Yeah, that's that's a it's a fun issue problem to have. I would not be surprised to see the Reds uh, make some kind of a splash, whether a big one or a little one. As we get to the trade deadline, though, uh, I don't know if it'll be pitching. I don't think it'll be pitching unless they can get a, you know, a Cliff Lee type, an ace type. I don't see any reason to really do that unless you can get that stud, uh, you know, number one or number two starter. Uh, they, I don't know if they'll do something uh, for a bat, if there's something available, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Reds do something. Uh, just, uh, you know, again, I don't know what, but I wouldn't be surprised. You know, we've got still another couple weeks for the trade deadline. It'll be interesting to see what, what they do. Um to sort of sum up uh i guess the second look at the second half uh you posted uh some some numbers on the Reds remaining schedule and you know if you look at it the right way uh squint the right way you know it could be somewhat favorable uh to the Reds the Reds have fewer games against uh teams that are above 500 in the second half than the Cardinals do you know so obviously more against teams that are under 500 um in the last 22 games, the Reds play primarily against teams that have uh, losing records. The Cardinals are, uh, you know, play a lot more games against teams that have a winning record right now. Um, Cardinals play, you know, slightly more games at home than the Reds do down the stretch. But if nothing else, the remaining schedule, you know, that's not going to be an excuse for why the Reds uh, weren't able to hang on to this lead. I don't guess. It, you know, it's it's perhaps slightly favorable to the good guys.
0: Yeah, uh, going back to the bullpen or to to making a a, a trading deadline deal for just a second. See, I kind of differ from you. I wouldn't be surprised at all if if this bullpen continues to struggle. If if they don't, if they don't have a a setup guy that they can count on, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them make a deal for bullpen help.
1: Good point. Uh, Yeah,
0: I agree. Going back to the schedule, I, I I think it's pretty even, maybe favors the Cardinals a little bit till you get to those last 22 games. If, if we've got a lead or we're close in them last 22 games, then I think that the – assuming health and all the other intangibles, you know, and all the other things, I think the Reds got an advantage in those last 22 games. The, the thing is now they've got to stay – they've got to continue to play good ball to get to that point.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that's the thing. You know, they got they got to get to those games. They play in their last 22 games – Pittsburgh, Arizona, Houston, Milwaukee, and San Diego. Uh, obviously, San Diego has been a surprise this year, but those other teams, the Reds really ought to have the edge, certainly. Um, you pointed out at Red Leg Nation something that I think everybody needs to schedule, a circle on their calendar. Uh, the big West Coast road trip in the middle of August, August 17th to the 25th, the Reds go out to Arizona, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. And how many times have we seen it? Uh, West Coast road trip uh, when the Reds are in the, in the hunt. Ends up being a disaster. Uh, you're you're right. You, you pointed that out. And how bad does that scare you, given this team's history, this franchise's history?
0: It Scares me a lot. And and this may be an incorrect memory, but I seem to remember in the Pete Rose managing era in the late '80s that every year they seemed like they'd be in the hunt and they'd go out to the West Coast and get shellacked, and the season was over. It seemed like it happened two, three, four years in a row. I, I you know I may be wrong, but I, the, the West Coast just doesn't seem like it does this this franchise any favors. Yeah. Actually, it actually doesn't seem to do the teams from this city any favors. <laughs> the
1: Bengals
0: true. don't play well on the West Coast either.
1: Where do the Bengals play well?
0: Don't start now. <laughs> <laughs> a, uh, guy, a, guy, a guy that watches soccer should not even make fun of the Cincinnati Bengals.
1: Easy now. That's real football, soccer, okay? Yeah, I don't want to talk about your American football. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Uh, it seems like whether we'll have to look at the the schedules uh, from those late '80s and, and all the way through the '90s, but it seems like the West Coast has always just killed the Reds, and, and that's a uh, uh, you know it, I'm scared of that. Uh, I'm scared of that trip. Uh, the, I could just I can see the Reds, uh, you know, hanging on to this lead, one or two games up, or you know, tied right around there, and then going out there and laying a big egg. So let's hope not. We'll knock on wood for that. But uh, if the Reds can hang on through that, uh, get into uh, The beginning of September, in good shape, you know, you're right. The schedule does favor uh, slightly the good guys. So I can't believe we're talking about this. It blows my mind.
0: Yeah, we sure wouldn't have thought this when we started talking before the season. We wouldn't have have bet that we'd be talking like this at at this time of year.
1: No, and and I think the word that you used to describe uh, the season earlier uh, in the podcast, I meant to point it out, but Fun. Um, you know whether you think the Reds are going to stick around in it, whether you think it's a fluke, they're playing over their heads, or whatever. And there are some skeptics, uh, obviously, in, a, in the comments uh, at Relic Nation. You can't deny that this season, for, uh, so far, from beginning to end, pretty much has been fun. Uh, it's just it's been a blast to follow this team. They're, they're playing hard and uh, you know uh, winning some crazy games they shouldn't win. Obviously, losing some they shouldn't have lost. But uh, you know whatever happens, if they, they keep playing this kind of baseball, and it's fun to watch uh, and hanging around the the playoff race, you know, hey, uh, this will be the first enjoyable season in a decade.
0: Yeah, you, you and I were talking earlier that, that we, we both just started reading wire to wire. And even just in the beginning of the book, it's easy to tell. I think there are some, some, some uh, marked similarities between this team and the 90 team. They seem to be very close. Uh, but they, play, they, they play aggressive. They seem to play aggressive baseball. Uh, the pitching's pretty good. The hit, they don't have one big guy. You know, there's a lot of guys that contribute with the bat. I think there's a lot of, uh, I mean, we don't have nasty. Well, I wish we had the nasty boys. But, uh, you know, other than that, I think that there's, a, there's some similarities between this and the 1990
1: team. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, the bullpen's not as good. The start, starting pitching may be a little better than that 90 team, really, uh, when you look at it, you know, on the whole, although we don't have a, a guy like uh, Jose Rijo. Um yeah, there's some similarities. You don't have to squint too hard to see some of those, and that's kind of what's been fun about celebrating this 20-year uh, anniversary of those wire-to-wire Reds um, is to have a team that is so similar in a lot of respects. Um, they both have, you know, had a, both this, this team and the 1990 team, outstanding shortstop. Oh, no, wait a minute. Larkin might have been a little bit better than the Orlando Cabrera. Um, I might be remembering that wrong. Uh, but you're right, It's it's been fun. I'm I'm going to enjoy being at the, the ball yard this weekend when they're celebrating uh, the anniversary, you know, and, and Chris Sabo's getting inducted and they're having the big MC Hammer concert, huh? What about that? I can't believe you're going to miss the, the the MC Hammer concert.
0: I can't believe you're going for a Chris Sabo bobblehead.
1: Oh, you know that's the only reason I'm going is to get the Chris Sabo bobblehead. I know
0: it is.
1: No, that's not true. You know what? Um, I was
0: just – yes, it is. <laughs> anyway, I was just looking at you know we've talked about the Reds playing over their head and all these things, but you know according to the Pythagorean theorem in you know, baseball you know with the runs and the you know the runs scored and the runs allowed the Reds are exactly where they should be. Yeah, which I find very interesting.
1: Yeah, and just you know a week ago they were twelve games over, uh, but uh, but yeah you're right. I mean you know it, it, they've been they won some close games and early on it looked like we were getting a lot of a lot of balls bouncing our way and maybe some luck. Um but on the whole, you know, yeah, I mean they are they are who we thought they are in a lot of ways, but maybe a little bit better. Um you know, it's it's crazy. I I it's it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Um prediction for the second in, half? In the
0: last couple in the last week or so they just... Pardon?
1: Go ahead and finish what you were going to say there and then uh then we'll make predictions for the second half. In the in.
0: They've, they've kind of missed some opportunities to kind of lengthen this lead. If they'd have played a little bit better baseball on this, you know, on this, especially in Philadelphia, they could have went into the All-Star break with maybe a four- or five-game lead. I don't remember exactly what it could have been, but there were some lost opportunities this weekend. There's no doubt about that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so let, let us hear it. Do you got, what, what, what do we have to look forward to in the second half? Any predictions for us?
0: I really don't have any predictions. I made predictions before the season started, and they've all been wrong. So, I, you know, I could continue to stick by those. I, I, I've sat through too many losing seasons to be optimistic. You know, I hope things work out well for the Reds. I'm going to be rooting for them, but I just I, I just see impending doom, and I hope I'm wrong. I, you know, if we lose a Votto or a Phillips or a or, or Roland for any extended period of time, I just don't think we've got the depth to, to, to fill it in. And if that would happen, I'm afraid the front office would do something drastic to try to fill a hole, which hurts the team in the long run. I, I just, you know, I, I'm chicken little. I feel like the sky's going to fall at any moment.
1: Yeah, and I'll never criticize anybody who wants to be, you know, sort of see the glass half full uh, in, in some ways because, you know, I mean, we've had it. We've been beaten down for the last 10 years, and we've they've teased us, and, and it's never worked out. I'm like you. I'm 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 very hopeful, and you know, got my fingers crossed, and I'm going to be cheering for them every night. But you know, um, I, I think I'm going to chicken out like you. I don't think I'm going to make your predictions either. I, I do think the Reds are going to be around, uh, be in the race the rest of the year. I just, it's a terrible division. The Cardinals are not that good, frankly, um, and they've had so much injury uh, to their pitching staff, so many injury to their pitching staff. I you know, I, I would not be surprised for the Reds to be in it all the way. Let's just hope that uh, it gets down to the, the final days and we, the Reds are healthy. And, uh, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, you, you can't ask for a whole lot more than that, frankly, given what we've been through the last decade, to just have the team going into September with a chance.
0: That's all we can ask for. And before we sign off, let's, let's congratulate our spotlight guy, Matt, for his, for his promotion back up to AAA and for his start last Wednesday night when he threw pretty good against the old Indianapolis Indians up there.
1: Yeah, he's uh, you know, he keeps doing what he's got to do. Uh, he's successful everywhere he goes, and we couldn't be happier for Matt Klinker, you know. Um, had a conversation, actually, the other day. John Adkins, reliever at, uh, with Louisville, you know, he just got released, actually, and he's a really good guy. Um, he, uh, he said, uh, you know, I wished him, I wished him well, uh, you know, whatever he's going to do next, where uh, wherever he hooks on, uh, hopefully somewhere. He, sa- he says he's not done. He wants to try to hook on somewhere. Um, but uh, he said uh, something to the effect of, you know, uh, you know how much he, how much he liked Clinker, and uh, he said he gives him a hard time and, and calls our site uh, Clinker Nation. Um, but uh, you know, <laughs> everybody's sort of rooting for. It's not just us. I mean, you know, he, he's such a good kid, and we talk about our depth and pitching, and I, you know, I'm not sure where matt fits in there but he you know what what does he do he just he keeps his head down he works hard he goes out there and he's uh, just, he's successful uh so we've got our fingers crossed that he's going to get his shot
0: yeah if not here somewhere else you know i i really hope it's here uh but i just want what's best for matt i've gotten to know him pretty well and, and his family and they're all quality people i've met his sister-in-law i've met his parents a number of times uh, had a beer or two with Matt over, you know, once and again. And they're just quality people from the beginning to the end. And, and you just he's the kind of person that's easy to root for.
1: Absolutely, Bill, no question about it. We look forward to supporting Matt the rest of the year, hoping he gets his big shot in the big leagues at some point, hopefully with the Cincinnati Reds. I'm going to put you in charge of scheduling an outing for the Red Leg Nation community down there at one uh, of Matt's starts in Louisville. We'll pick out a start where he's going to be on the weekend and uh, get together and support him uh, at the ballpark. Also, if you haven't, uh, weighed in on your choice for where we need to have our, no, well, not where, but obviously, uh, when we need to have our Red Leg Nation get together at Great American Ballpark, go to redlegnation.com and sign in, vote in the poll, let us know when you, uh, want to, uh, get together. Gonna have a good time, uh, getting together with all your friends and, uh, the people you've been, uh, talking with and arguing with and, uh, having fun supporting the Reds with at Red Leg Nation over the last, uh, few years. Bill, I believe that's all we're going to do today. Appreciate everyone downloading the podcast. You know, you've got a lot of places you could go for your uh, entertainment. Appreciate you spending some time with listening to us ramble on about the Cincinnati Reds, our favorite team. For Bill Lack, this is Chad Dotson signing off for the Red Lake Nation Radio Podcast.